Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message. And so I've put up four people on the, on the slides. What do they have in common? Who can tell me? Four people I've put up on the slides. What do they have in common? On your right hand side. Who's the first person? Funny face. All right. Do you have an idea about how much it earns an hour? It will embarrass you with your degree. <laughs> it will embarrass you. More than some of you earn first degree holders earn in one year. And that's true. You see, we Jimmy but he earns more than some of you earn in one whole year. That's the painful truth. Second person, Nadia is a film star. Probably the same thing. It doesn't mean she stops school, but it's a painful reality. Third person, Koya Samoa, same thing. Fourth person, Sonny Badu, the same thing. All right. What's entrepreneurship? Who's an entrepreneur? Those who like business definitions, those who went to school, yes, I see your hand up, tell me, who's an entrepreneur? An entrepreneur is a person who establishes his own business and runs its, and runs its administration. All right, you have a different idea, tell me. <laughs> An entrepreneur is a person who owns a business, manages it and bears the risks of the business. Ownership, management, risk. These are all powerful themes. Okay. So just for your own notes, I want to highlight four words. Four words. And these are important. First one is that entrepreneur identifies an idea that can be sold. An idea that can make money. This is about money. So first you must ident- identify something people are willing to pay for, an idea that people can relate to. Second thing is to commit resources. And those resources can be human, financial, or material resources. If you identify the idea and you don't do anything, nothing will happen. So you commit resources. Let's all say identify. Let's all say commit. Identify. Commit. The third one is solutions. The business must provide solutions, whether it's investment solutions, life insurance solutions, human capital solutions, sporting solutions. A business is not charity. You say, oh, please help me. I'm a young person. I'm struggling. No. You must provide a solution. Let's all say solution. The fourth one is profit. Let's all say profit. One more time, profit. A business must make profit. I've run an unprofitable business before, and I'm telling you, a profit-making business is far better. Let's all say profit. All right. (laughs) As if you're enjoying this profit, that's why we do business. All right. Now, somebody says, where do I find ideas from? Let me give you some possible areas. A talent that you have is one thing. If you have a talent in something, you can do business with it. Number two, imagine trends. If you look at generators, suddenly inverters and generators are big business because there is a need in that area or there's a trend a trend is let's say social media so somebody says I'm a specialist in internet marketing that is a trend 
So you are delivering in that area. Then you can have passion for something. Passion for something. Something that you love. You are passionate about it. And that is a useful way to do business. Something that you are passionate about. Then personal adversity can be a trigger point. You have a particular challenge, a particular situation you went through, something was lacking in your life, you were deprived, and that can be a trigger point for going into a business. I recall interviewing a guy who lost one hand and built a school for physically challenged people, and he's doing absolutely amazing things all over the world. He's become a model that people are watching out for. Widespread problems. I mentioned Doomso and the rise in inverter and generator business. Brainstorming. Sessions like this where we talk and think can generate business ideas. So these are some of the areas. And then finally, inspiration. Some of you, when you are praying, you are worshipping, you are thinking, you are meditating, you get ideas. Can you relate to these points, these seven ways? Can you relate to them? Right. So these are some of the ways that we get ideas. I said there are three things about, four things about the business. First, you identify ideas. Then you commit resources. Then you provide solutions and you make profit. So let me talk about committing of resources here. Every person who wants to start a business must think of putting your own savings in the business your own money because you can't tell people to put their money in it when you haven't put in your own money so your personal savings is your first resource and that is why you must take the investment very seriously the second thing is your time malcolm gladwell who wrote the books blink um tipping point and so on says that to become an expert in something you must commit time and he says you need ten thousand hours to call yourself a guru so when you see Mr. Moniniza called a guru in investment, he's done 20 years. He's crossed the 10,000 hour mark. You don't become an expert in one day. So that is important. The third one is human resources. And that means apart from your own personal ability, you must network with the right people, connect with other people. And very important is social capital. That means that the friendships you keep very well-placed friends is an asset in business. So build your networks. When you go to a place and there are a thousand people there, at least make five friends before we close. Some of you, you came alone and you live alone. You don't greet anyone. Even when you see business leaders, you are too busy to greet them. But greet somebody. Ask them their name. Make a friend. Don't go through a program like this and live with the same friends you came with. Tell somebody I hear you. Social capital. The fourth one is mental thinking. You need to think about how your business will be different. And that is very critical. So let's also identify ideas. One more time. Identify ideas. Second, let's say commit resources. Right. The third one is solutions. Your solutions must be better than the next person. So I call it the superiority test. First one, either you are more convenient, if you are doing a laundry and you deliver to the doorstep, that's a convenience um, advantage. So your advantage must either be in the area of convenience, in the area of speed, in the area of quality, in the area of price or quantity, in the area of health and safety, or prestige or class. 
Now, when we start discussing the business plan, you will understand why these are important. So why does somebody choose one insurance company over another? Why do they choose one school rather than the other? They say, this place, I get my statement online. This bank, when I buy from, um, from a place and I use my, my cash card, I know on the spot that it has gone through. It's convenient. It's more technologically advantageous. Some people say, when I spark this car and I read the traffic light, everybody stops and looks at my car. Prestige. So they will pay more for the car. If you are starting life, don't go and buy that one. Health and safety. They say, my fruit juice is natural. No sugar added. My product is safe. Insurance people like talking about safety. Right. So these are the reasons why you choose one company above the other. When you go to insurance, they say, oh, we pay claims in two days. Somebody say we pay claim in one day. Yesterday I had another one. They say our life insurance. We pay the claim so fast that somebody was at the top of a building when he slipped. And when he got to the fourth floor, we gave him his check in the window. So by the time he fell down and died, the check was on his chest. I say, wow, that is supersonic speed. <laughs> okay, so let's go to the, the page nine and let's look at the 15 questions the business plan must answer. Are you ready? Are you set? Number one is introduction or long-term vision. So, I'm going to just walk you through this in outline form so you work your way patiently through it. But let me start by asking three people what business you are tempted or attracted to. Let me start with you. What business idea do you have in mind? Are you thinking of something? Tell us. What product do you have in mind? Now, while you are thinking... Let me come to you. What are you thinking of? Building of hostels. Hostels and then uh, I would like to maybe create some barbering shops in secondary schools around the country. Right. So he's thinking of hostels. Now the moment he said hostels, I thought about three different hostel businesses. How many of you have heard of Brawl? Brawl. Don't worry if you don't know Brawl. Okay, somebody, a couple of people know Brawl. Somebody can build the hostels but cannot manage them. Somebody else's business is to manage the hostels, make money, and share it with the builder. So it's not just to say hostels. The question is, what about the hostels? Are you the builder or the manager? Somebody is a facilities manager. Somebody too is in charge of the rental. They look for clients for you and then they share the rent with you. In commission basis. So, you see that for business, everyone must have an idea about what you want to do. So, first thing is the long-term vision and goals. And that's question one on page nine. Do you want to be Ghana's favorite provider of human capital development services? What do you want to be? A long-term vision is simply a statement of what the company wants to do in the medium to long term, how you want to be seen. And it's so important that we start with that one. When you create a company, let's say a laundry, and you say you want to be Ghana's number one laundry in the next 10 years, that, with that thinking at the back of your mind, when you start working your way through your plan, you don't write small goals. You write big goals because you don't just want to be Kofuridia's number one. You want to be Ghana's number one. Your research must then go and find out how much the Ghana number one currently is making. 
You can't say you want to be the biggest company in terms of staff employed and you are targeting that you will employ 20 people. You haven't got to check the current number one, how many they employ. So the goal you set will determine now when you start planning what kinds of goals, sub-goals you should set. Do you understand? So write down what you want to see in the long term for your business. Whatever business you want to go into. Question one is about what the long-term vision of your business or organization should be. Let me wait for a minute for you to do that because that is the most important. The rest will just, uh-huh, you are the one I like. When I see words like ultra modern and solutions, I know we are on course. Some words are very powerful. <laughs> Another word, biggest. I won't tell them your vision, but I just, I'm looking for some keywords. Another word, biggest, classical. Hey. I've seen people too. Youth empowerment. Hey, you have about four careers. I like it. You are the kind of person I've been looking for. Powerful. So what is the long-term vision of your business? It must have an idea about the kind of business you are going into, the kind of impact you want to make, the kind of people you intend to serve, and then a time frame. By what time? By what time? Don't say in the future. The future begins today. By what time? Are you done with that? Any volunteer to share that with us? Any volunteer? If you are not afraid of somebody taking your business, but can, can somebody take your business just because of the vision? The vision is on your website, it's on the internet, it's everywhere. Can I have a volunteer? Somebody's there. Any volunteer to share your big vision with us? Who knows? Maybe there will be a financier here who. Anybody written a, a wonderful vision you want to share? All right. Let's hear that one. You've written yours. <laughs> when I say financier, now hands are going up. You are looking for financier. Save your money. The long-term vision of my company is to be Ghana's safest medical waste recycling magazine company in the next 20 years. Safest medical waste recycling management company. Very specific solution. Ghana's safest. Did you see? He didn't say Ghana's richest, biggest. He said Ghana's safest medical waste recycling company. If I was given an award for having understood what I'm saying, I'll give it to him for one reason. He's dealing with a problem that has high risk. So his solution is he's the safest. All right. Question two. A bit of a description of your business. Don't worry. Just look in the workbook. A description of your business. So now let's talk about what your business looks like. At least the name you should know. And the name must be chosen with the future in mind. Don't choose some name that has no power. Choose a name that has the future in mind. Some names, you can work with them for two years, then the name expires because suddenly you've gone international. You chose a name, a Yamanchini local community store. <laughs> now you've gone international. You're getting orders from Dusseldorf, Hamburg, and so on. Now you can't use a Yamanchini local again. But choose a name that will survive five years, ten years. And that is important. Then, of course, if you're already registered, the registration number, the location of the business, the nature of the business, and if you're already operating, a brief history. 
of what you already are doing. That is standard. That's standard. Now, the next important question that everybody must try and answer are your products and services. Products and services. Products and services. How many, what kind of products are you dealing in? What kinds of products are you dealing in? What type of products are you dealing in? So look for something you want to deal in. For instance, if you are in sports, a sports academy, a sporting academy, you deal in services, you scout for good players, you train the players. Those are services. They are intangible. But they also may be products. You may be selling football boots, jerseys, and training kits. Those are products. The difference between products and services is that products, you can touch them. Services, you experience them. You go to a hotel, you sleep, and you wake up and you go. It's a service. You, you don't carry anything away. You are a better person, but you don't carry anything away. But if the hotel gives you a souvenir, that is a product. But the service is an experience. You go to the barber, they cut your hair, you come back. What did you go and buy? You can't show anything. It's a service. But if the barber gives you a product or you buy a clipper from the barber, that's a product. Do you understand the difference between product and service? Wonderful. So write down your products and your services. Products and services. That should be at the bottom of page nine. There you are. One, two. Two products, two services at least that we can work with. If you need help, lift up your hand. I'll send you one of the leaders here to come and help you. Don't, don't struggle alone. If you need help, just lift up your hand. If there's a question I've gone past and you don't understand, lift up your hand. We'll send you help. That's why the business leaders are here. All right. So you understand so far? Oh, that's lovely. Okay, question four. Profile of your customers. Profile of your customers. Now, not everybody can be a customer for your business. Somebody say, oh, my customers, everybody. Sometimes it's not true. Even for water. Water. I don't drink sachet water. And I'm not, of, I'm not trying to offend sachet water producers. Life has levels. It's, 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 it's understandable. So I do not drink sachet water. It doesn't mean sachet water is bad. So if you are targeting me with sachet water, you are wasting your time. I drink bottled water. So you, you determine who your target audience is. Have I said something wrong? Yes. But if you go to some communities too, eh, the market for bottled water is zero. <laughs> so you can't say, because water is drunk by everyone, my target is everyone. You must drive your target by income levels, taste and preference. So water. But somebody likes well water, somebody likes sachet water, somebody likes bottled water, even the bottled water to their levels. Boho. I went to some, I met somebody who wants bottled water and he wants imported bottled water. He doesn't trust us. All right. So profile of your customers. If you sell ID cards for tertiary institutions, please, your profile of your customers, all nations, then you say Koforidia Polytechnic, those are your customers. So write down who are likely to buy from your company. Profile the type of customers who can buy from your company. Do you understand so far? That's very important. If you're an investment company, please, please, even for investment, there are levels. Susu, 
there is Susu Company. They are looking for one CD, one CD, one CD, one CD. They have no address and they can run away. But you are looking for a serious companies that you are traveling with. We've known them for 20 years, 15 years. Remarkable track record. They don't promise you heaven. They promise you realistic, measurable, verifiable results. That's the kind of company you must do business with. Yeah, mostly true or false. Yes. Not every company can be a sponsor of Springboard. Some companies have money, but we will not travel with them because they have questionable practices and questionable identities. We won't contaminate our brand with some companies. When you see a company on Springboard, it means they are journeying. Clap for all our sponsors. All the sponsors owe me for this endorsement. Okay, so your, 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 your customers, where can they be found? What is the market size? So for instance, if you are targeting, how many students are in all nations? Do you know? How many students does the university have? About 1,050 business students. So if your target is business, business students in all nations, you know your market size, potential market size is 1,050. You don't say, oh, people will buy. So I'm ordering 20,000 ID cards from China. Ah, you haven't gone to do any market analysis. That's why we can order transformers for the next 20 years and, and things like that. I didn't mention any company's name. Okay, what does the future look like? Is the, is, the, is, the, is the industry, is the need growing or is a shrinking need? You say last two years, there were 12,000 people in this market, potential market size. Then it grew to 20. Now it is 25,000. It means it's a growing market. So you, you, you write that one. Question five, competition. Competition. Who is the competition? If you are dealing in a product... Who are the big players who are already there? Who are the other players around you? And so for whatever you do, you must know who are the established, who are the other players in that industry. If you want to do medical waste recycling, who are three companies you know who are doing that? Are they big? Are they small? What is your estimate are they low-profit companies or are they high-profit companies? Where are they located? What is their strength? Somebody says, the strength of Unilever is that they are big, but the weakness is that they are slow. Isn't that interesting? The strength is that they are big, but the weakness is that they are slow. The decision must go through the manager, to the senior manager, to the director, to the board. By that time, I finished. <laughs> Thank you. So, know their strength and know their weakness and you must take time to do all that do they give credit there are companies that sell um, consumables drinks and so on, they can come and put a fridge there and say that you sell only our, our drinks in this fridge you must analyze your competition and know what they do and do not do number six location where will you cite the business where will you put your office if you are selling tomatoes you must put your office next to your table, next to the tomato sellers. That's where you sell more. Because when people go to the market, they go straight to where they sell tomatoes to go and find the best tomatoes. If you are selling tomatoes among the yam, you will not be trusted. So in tomato selling, you must be next to the competition. In, to, uh, in tomato 
um, purifying. If you are doing tomato processing, you must be next to the raw material. That's why they set up Pualugu tomato factory next to where the farmers are. Do you understand? So when you are processing tomatoes, you must go to the, the farm gate and set up a factory there to cut down the cost of transport and because the, the tomato is also perishable. Sometimes you must set up next to the customer. You cannot say that you are setting up a hotel or a barbering shop and because you want to save the cost of land, the students of um, Kufuridia Polytechnic are your target audience, but you are setting up the barbering shop at Oyoko because your grandfather gave you land there. The grandfather gave you, then you might as well sell the land and use the money to come and set up next to where the students are. Tell somebody location. Tell the person location again. Number seven, pricing. Pricing. Once you have understood these fundamentals, you can work these things with more detail. Pricing. Now, what are the factors that determine your price? Who can tell me? When you are setting the price of your goods, what business are you thinking of? I'm thinking of an uh, IT engineer. IT engineering. Okay. So, what would you think of when you are fixing your price? Who can tell me? What? <laughs> yes, sir. The cost of your production. Okay, who else? Yes. Cost of raw materials. Cost of raw materials. Yes. Your customer's income. I like that. <laughs> she says, think about your customer's income. Okay, anybody else? Yes. Demand for the good. Demand for the good. Hey, yeah, economic students here. Uh-huh. I should have asked this question first. Yes. Quality. The quality must determine. Here, take a picture of me. Make sure the crowd comes in. Am I looking nice? Okay. All right. Are you learning something? When you are, when you are speaking in public, just relax. Eh? Just enjoy it. Okay. So we are on pricing. So we found out that your. I like the way she put. She said your your customer's GDP. She didn't even say their income. Their GDP. I like this one. It's special. But I'll give you an award for that. The customer's GDP is the most interesting one I've heard. Yes, you. What, what should you think about when you are pricing? The consumer's taste and preference. So, for you, what's your taste? Do you know? Next time I come, I'll ask you. Last one. What do you think? Yes. The, 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 the cost and the standard of living in the area. Oh, this is powerful. So, you don't stand up and say, okay, I went to Moving Pick and they were charging $400 per room. And so, I'm setting up a, a hotel in Danyami. Is, is there a place called Danyami here? Eh? Is there a place called Danyami? What's the name of this area? The area near the hill. Kole. They say it's called Kole. Kole Lagoon. Then you set up a hotel in Kole and you charge 400 because moving people are charging 400. No. You must consider other factors. Tell somebody other factors. Okay. Of course, you have not mentioned how much your competitors are pricing. You must know. Just know. Because it's important. You can't come and then you set a price and then you are way disconnected from what is going on in the system. Number eight, sales and marketing. How do you plan to sell? Here at the foundation, we know who we are looking for. So we don't go and sell springboard to pensioners. 
we know where to find emerging leaders. We know the age bracket we are targeting at Springboard. So you'll you be surprised that the same age bracket appear every time because our communication is targeted to where they can be found. So, for instance, in terms of cost, how much will you spend on radio, on Facebook, on television, on newspapers? We may not spend on television because that's not our key mode of communication. We'll typically go for radio. We'll typically go for for social media will typically be live on WhatsApp in the campuses where we know our target audience can be found. We sometimes we do post supplies, use SMS, emails, and other forms of communication. So for each form that you will use, indicates how much you will spend on that. The next one is key personnel. Who and who do you have in the business? And this one is particularly for businesses that are already operating. Somebody says, my company employs two chartered accountants. The moment you say that, some people will trust you more. So when you hear some companies talking, they say, our staff include this person who won the award as the best student in marketing in 2012. You say, oh, okay, award-winning people. Or my partner is the, this person, this broadcaster, this person, or this person who set up. For instance, if I say Mr. Moniza set up Africa's number one um, mutual fund EPAC several years ago you say oh then he's an authority in investment so I can trust him with my money we talk about people's accomplishments as a way of saying if he is with us or if she is with us you can trust us yeah so the person the qualification and the experience or awards is that okay alright where are we what's the next number number 10 now if you are writing this business plan to convince a bank or somebody to put money in your business from this part onwards you need to get it right a financier or a bank for instance raw materials and supplies several years ago companies that I was very closely related to went on a business trip to the US they were into the production of cane products at that time, we were doing war hangings and framing them with cane. And these companies went to the U.S. to go and look for prospective clients. And they didn't go and look for their size. They went straight to the Walmarts, the, the big names in the U.S. And some of those companies, they have 20,000 branches and so on. So these, these Ghanaian companies went there, cane, the association of cane producers. They gave them a wonderful reception. Their samples were nice. Then they picked the first sample and they said, okay, so, sample 2B. If we want 20,000, how often, how quickly can you deliver it and how regularly can you deliver 20,000? And the people were quiet. And the people said, oh, we thought you said we wanted to do business. They said, yes, yes. You see, this, you see the praise and loss syndrome? We claim it. They have prayed before they went. Now they say, okay, 20,000, when can you deliver? And they were still standing there. And the people said, ah, didn't you say you are a cooperative? You can come together and produce it. They were still standing there. Ah, so they kept asking them questions, one question after another. Then they finally asked them, how many hectares of rattan have you cultivated in your country? And that was the problem. Nobody had planted rattan. It grows in the wild in the western region, and somebody goes to the bush and cuts it with a cutlass and puts it on a train, and when it comes, first come, first said, their highest quantity they've produced is 100. Nobody has even done 1,000 for you to talk about 20,000. 
they came back empty-handed. Tell somebody raw materials. Tell the person logistics. So when you say, I will make a million from the business, ask yourself, if you got an order for a thousand, for some of you, if you got an order for a thousand dresses, you're a seamstress, you'll be confused, you'll get sick. Question 11, production and operations. Production and operations. Production and operations. Now this one is a summary of how you produce your goods. How you produce your goods. Do you, for instance, I'll give you two laundry scenarios. A friend of mine when started a laundry. He didn't have any money. Young person, very ambitious. Started a laundry and he said, I don't have any machines. So he will come to you and tell you that my laundry is doorstep delivery. Super convenience. And the clients were impressed. And they said, tell us how much we pay for that extra convenience. And he says, 10% less than the market. Then they say, hey, stop. You cannot combine convenience with lower price. How do you do it? He didn't tell them the secret, but I knew. Simple model. He had no office, no office cost, no staffing cost. He was alone. He comes to your house, collects the goods, takes them to a laundry, and has negotiated a bulk order laundry, a service with the laundry. I will bring you large orders, and you give me 40% discount. And they had agreed. So for something you pay 10 CDs for in the laundry, he will pay 6 CDs. And then he will take it from the laundry, bring it to you at your doorstep, and charge you 9 CDs. You say he is 10% cheaper than the laundry, and he delivers to the doorstep. He's giving you convenience, he's giving you lower prices, and yet he doesn't even have one machine. He did that for years until he bought his machines. I'm just saying that everyone must fashion your business concept based on your resource constraints, your peculiar model you are using. And you can use one model for phase one and then move on to phase two. So describe your production and your operations. Number 12, I'm wrapping up in exactly three minutes, so stay with me on this one. Number 12, how much money would you make a month? And to get that one, you must decide how much you will sell a day, a week, and a month times the price. If you are selling sachet water, you know how much a carton or a, a, a pack sells. So based on your, if you are selling ID cards, and you know you will sell a hundred, and each one is five CDs, you know your money you will make a month. It's very, very simple. It's not rocket science. So project how much you will make a month, how much you will make a year, and if it continues like this, how much you will make in three years or five years. Your sales forecast is not just numbers, but by the price, it will also give you income. So you can actually tell that should the assumptions remain the same, this year I will make 100000 Next year I will make this amount. You can project how much money you are likely to make. Now, when we talk about money, there are two aspects. One is what? One is what? Sales will determine your what? Your income. Let's all say income. Let's all say income. Now, what is the cousin of income? Expenditure. So you cannot talk about how much you will gain and you, suddenly somebody feels that income is profit. They say, oh yeah, oh yeah, thousand. They be oh yeah, thousand CD. That thousand CDs is not your profit. So don't start budgeting for how you will spend a thousand CD. It's the biggest problem of startups. They see income as profit. Sometimes a thousand, eh? You are selling phone cards. The thousand that you are selling, your own inside is maybe 23 CDs. 
and yet you have started budgeting for how you do a party with a thousand. The next one is your cost and profitability analysis. How much of that thousand CD is cost? And how much is profit? Sometimes when you finish calculating your rent and everything, you realize that there's no profit in the business. So even though it may be fashionable, you don't go into it. The biggest advantage of a business plan is that before you start running, it gives you an idea about where you are going and whether it's advisable to go or not. Because for some people, the only reason why you want to do a business is that somebody is doing it and has bought a car. So you're assuming that there's profit in it. By the time you finish the business plan, you will move from one thing to another, or you will do the same thing, but you will do it in a different way so you don't lose. Are you learning? Right. The three other analysis I'll leave you with, two others. The, the 14th one is cash flow. And I'll just explain it briefly for, for time constraint. Cash flow is simply saying that apart from selling and making money, you must also ensure that your money comes on time. So, for instance, somebody buys from you and you, you say, oh, you, I'll give you credit, don't worry, three months. You are happy, six months credit. And they bring you exactly how much you, they owe you. If they owe you a thousand CDs, they bring you exactly a thousand CDs. They bring it to you after six months. You went to take a bank loan. You have paid interest on the thousand for six months and they bring you a thousand exactly. But that's a very deceptive thing. You can do business and end up owing. So this one will help you know that apart from making profit too, they must pay on time. Turn to the person next to you. Tell the person, pay me now. It is better than paying me tomorrow. Right. Sometimes just the credit terms you give a loan will kill the business. The final thing your business plan must have is some additional information about awards you won, fellowships you belong to, what you have registered for, regulatory um, requirements you have met. You see, I've registered with VAT, I've registered with customs, I've done all the required documents, I've met the requirements of this association, we are fellows of this, we've won an award as this. Any supplementary information that can help the person evaluating the business plan to know the plan. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert and E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus two three three two four nine 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 zero zero zero. You may also subscribe to Amazon.com or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember you are blessed indeed. Oh, 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 oh,